0: Good morning, everyone. One more time. Let's try that again because I'm going to need you today to kind of track with me. Ready? Good morning. Good morning. Awesome. A missionary was on his way out to the remote parts of the jungle to take the gospel to the jungle, uh, the people that were so isolated from civilization. And he was a newbie. He was a new guy, all passion, didn't really know a whole lot of that other than that Jesus could save everybody. And so here he is making his way out to the jungle. And he's with his little machete, and he's making his way out into the thicket of of all this jungle. And and sure enough, uh, he comes to a clearing in the thicket where he can start to see, and he's kind of glad about it. But here's the problem. When you're a missionary and you're taking the gospel out to the far reaches of the world, once you leave the safety of the jungle, you can be seen by lions, tigers, Thank you very much. Stay with me. Bears. Oh my, exactly right. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. You've seen this if you've ever watched, if you've ever watched, you know, Discovery Channel, you've seen how this works, right? These lions are all down crouched in the tall grass. And We're waiting for something to come by and sure enough, this boy comes and they see a lunch. And all of a sudden, he starts feeling like, oh my goodness, I feel like somebody's watching me. And he turned just in time to see this lion in midair gonna pounce right on him. He did what I think every real man of God would do He ran for his life, and while he was running, he started thinking about all of his training. He had four years of college, three years of seminary, and while he was thinking about all these different trainings he had, he didn't have any kind of equipment on how to deal with a lion, so he began to run as fast as he could. He could not outrun that lion, and he realized, what am I going to do? So he just decided to play dead. He played dead. He was sitting there as still as he could be, just lying down, and that lion just started sniffing him up from head to toe just sizing him up for for dinner. And it was at that point the young man's theology clicked in, and he prayed. He said, Heavenly Father, please let this lion be a Christian lion. His thought was, if he was a Christian lion, he wouldn't be eating a missionary. But just about that time, he heard the lion pray, Heavenly Father, Thank you for this food I'm about to receive. (laughs) Now, it all depends on whether you're the lion, he has one perspective, or the missionary, he has another perspective. I want you to pause and think about it, what's happening today. It's our first Sunday in 2022. I know it's kind of crazy, the weather has been, uh, but my question would be, when you think about Sunday morning church, It all depends on your perspective. What's your perspective? A lot of us got out of bed and we came to church this morning. We fought the roads and we went extra slow and all that kind of stuff. But around this country, people will go to church and some even more probably watching online now because of the weather. But all that to say this. How can we know if we go to church today And how can we know if we're experiencing God or just playing church? Less and less people go to church. And that's sad. But here's a bigger problem, that people could go to church and miss God. It's possible. Even at a great church that preaches the Bible and leads you into the presence of God through worship, you can still miss God because we can't worship for you We can't engage God for you. That's up to you. So the question that I wanna wrestle today with you is how can we know if we're just going through religious motions today or whether we're encountering God Almighty? Friends, for that, you'll have to open your Bible to Isaiah chapter six. Isaiah chapter six. Go ahead, open up your Bible to Isaiah chapter six. We're gonna find out Just like Isaiah did. Isaiah was a very religious person, like all Jews of the Old Testament. Have you read the Old Testament? When you read the Old Testament, you find all these religious laws, and they are about everything. Some of us quit reading the Old Testament because we got to Leviticus and about killed us. But the point is, they were dutiful they were wanting to please God and God showed them how a holy God could be pleased and it became cumbersome and here's Isaiah. Isaiah wants to do the right thing and this is where Isaiah is called by God. God shows up in his life. Watch. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him, were seraphs, these are angels, each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling one to another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah says next, Woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I said, here am I, send me. Friends, in this passage, I see four indicators of what happens to us when we quit playing church and we encounter the God of the Bible. The first indicator is this, somewhere in your life at some time, you will have A wow moment. You will go wow. Point to the heavens with me for a moment and say the word wow. Ready? Wow. Say it loud. Wow. Wow. Say it proud. Wow. Say it backwards. Wow. Stay with me. (laughs) Stay with me. Here's the wow. Isaiah says, I was doing great, but in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. You know what happens? When you encounter God, it tends to mark time for you. It was in the year King Uzziah died. He says, I saw the Lord. This was not just my regular religious duty. God Almighty showed up, and guess what? He was seated on a throne. Who sits on thrones, friends? The kings do, and this is not some earthly king. This is the king of kings, and look at High and exalted and the train of his robe filled the temple, all God's people said, (laughs) <laughs> okay, one-fourth of God's people said, wow, stay with me. Point, come on, point to the heavens with me. Wow, this is the God of God's every, there's nobody like him, right? And above him were seraphs. This is so interesting. The Hebrew word for seraphs literally is to burn. The idea is that they're so close to God. They're in the presence of God, these seraphs, these angels. They're so close to God that they have this Shekinah glory rubbing off on them and their passion. You ever, ever hear somebody say, that person is on fire for the Lord? That's exactly what's happening here, super biblical concept. These seraphs are burning with passion for who God is and his great love for everybody. He says, above him were seraphs, each had six wings already. See, you know, you know you're having an encounter with God when your mind gets blown. If you got God in your pocket and your theology is all figured out, I feel sorry for you, you might be missing God. You might be full of church, but you might be missing God. God shows up and there is no way, I always laugh, I got so many friends who get MDivs, you know what that is, a masters in divinity. And I always ask them, can anybody master divinity? If you do it right, divinity masters you. So fascinating that it's so mind blowing who God is and we think we got him in our pocket, not true. And look what they were calling one to another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Notice, notice that it's not love, love, love. You know, here's the truth about God. He's love, but he's also holy. And not just one time holy. Look at verse three. Holy, holy, holy. When you see repetition like that in the Bible, it's not because they couldn't think of anything else to write. He's saying to us, I want to impress upon you God's nature. He is holy, holy, holy. In our current culture, we're like, hey God, slap me five. Thanks for doing my bidding, God. Friends, if that's your God, you don't have the God of the Bible. Of course he loves you. He couldn't love you more. But he's also holy, 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 and he's nothing to be trifled with. And I'll tell you something else. You're not God. I'm not God, he alone is God. And yet by the way we live, so often, we think we are. I confess to you now, I think I know better than God sometimes, what a simple fool I am. All God's people said what? God is holy, holy, holy. It only gets crazier, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Could you imagine this morning, uh, last thing we need after all this snow is like an earthquake, that'd be weird. In central Illinois, an earthquake, right? But if you left this church and everything began, during our service, everything began to shake and smoke began to fill this place, that would be crazy. And this is the kind of experience you will go, wow. My question to you is, when in your life Did you last have a wow moment? Now, I'm not talking about big emotions here. Sometimes you have a big emotion uh, experience with God, and that's good. I love that. I'm good with that. I cry, not afraid to. I jump around, not afraid to. But sometimes when I'm trying to work through the chaos of my life and I'm struggling, whether it be my own sin or others, there are these moments sometimes, the little whisper of God in my soul. I love you, I'm with you. Follow me. Those kind of little whispers sometimes. When's the last time in your life you went, Wow, God, that was you. You got you're carrying something in your soul, you're burdened about something, and all of a sudden. Some way God speaks to you through his spirit or another person who loves Jesus, wow. Friends, if you're bored with church, try experiencing God. You will go wow. And part of our journey is that God is wow. You know what the problem is? We are not. Not only will you go, say it with me, wow, point to yourself now, you, if, if you quit playing religion, quit playing church and get into a relationship with God that's intimate, watch now, you will go, wow, but you'll also point to yourself and say, whoa. Say it with me. Whoa. Point to the person next to you and say, whoa. <laughs> really? Uh, you know them, right? Look what it says. Whoa to me, I cried. I am ruined, Isaiah says, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among unclean people. Isaiah says, not only am I bad, but my culture's bad. Sound familiar? We are far from Jesus as a culture. Even worse, we don't know it and we think we are not. But we are because all cultures are. There's yet a culture. By the way, the New Jerusalem, when Jesus sets up his earthly kingdom, that's going to be the culture that says there will be no more woe because those things will be gone, and we will have wow. Right now, it's woe. And he sees, you know what? This is, this is the thing. You know who I worry about in Christianity? You got any friends like this? Maybe this is you. Just think about this for a moment. You know people are always happy no matter what? <laughs> you know those people? How you doing? Everything's horrible. Praise the Lord. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to do that too. I get it. I'm trying to do that but I don't always do it. Woe comes out of wow. When you see God for who he is, it is wow. But then you look at yourself, you go, whoa. So I got something here for somebody. I don't know who this is for. Some of you, a little discouraged in your relationship with Jesus, in your journey with Jesus. Maybe you feel disappointed that God doesn't do everything you want. I want you to hear something. It's okay to go, whoa. You know, my favorite music is blues. And if there's one thing about the blues, it's about whoa. There's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. It's blues, six blues, six funeral songs. The largest portion of the Psalms are laments. Sad songs. You know what we don't know how to do in current Christian culture in America? We don't know how to woe. And because we don't know how to woe, we're stuck in some superficial Christian experience. It's the greatest day of your life when somebody asks you, how you doing, brother? Horrible. Not well. It is not well with my soul right now. Whoa, Isaiah says Whoa, God, you're so holy, I'm not, and I see sin in my life. So here's an encouraging word. If you're in a situation where every time you get fired up about Jesus, I know sometimes a lot of people start fresh starts in January 1, and like, I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to try to share Jesus with my friends who are in my neighborhood or whatever it might be, people where I work. I want to be a a testimony for Jesus, that kind of thing. And you go for a few days, and then all of a sudden, you just kind of lose the wind in your sails. I mean, that's pretty much the human condition right there. We've all done that, right? My whole point of that is, it's okay to go, wow. And you know who I worry about the most? The people who never go, whoa. Woe is a normal part of every Christian experience. Jesus said, in this world, John 16, in this world, you shall have tribulation, But take courage because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. All those who live godly, according to Timothy, all those who live godly shall suffer persecution. Woe. Woe is a normal part. When's the last time you went woe? Woe is okay. Say it with me. Woe is okay. Now, I don't want you to be that person like, whoa, every time. That's a problem, every time. Because you are going to have wow, and you most certainly will have woe. That's how you can know that you're encountering God. I feel sorry for people who are afraid to go woe. Can we promise to keep it real in 2022? Not suck the life out of other people by being so woe, but... Let's just deal with our sin by confession and repentance. Oh, by the way, that's what happens next in the story. The moment God shows up, it's wow. Say it with me, wow. The moment we see how great God is, we see how great we are not, and we go, whoa. Watch what happens next. Then, I think that's an important then, verse six. Then, one of the seraphs, one of the angels, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Here's how Revelation paints paints the picture. Revelation paints the picture of God's presence. There's this great big altar, and on the altar are all these smoking coals, these burnt offering type things. Of course, we know that uh, the, the real offering was Jesus' blood, right? And so here he is, and these, there's this smoke coming up from the altar. The angel in Isaiah, he flies over, he grabs one of the coals with a tongue and he puts it in his hand and he flies over and he touches Isaiah's mouth, verse 7. With it he touched my mouth with this coal and he said this, "See? This has touched your lips. This has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away." and your sin is atoned for. Watch, here's the flow. Wow, say it with me. Wow, whoa. Now do this with me. Honestly, just get, you need two hands here. Make a little cross like this and bring it up and go, what? Do that with me, will you? Come on, do that with me. Ready? What? Well, it's like, what? It's, what? What did you just say? Watch. Because Isaiah saw who God was, And he went, wow. And he saw sin in his life and he confessed it. That's what he's doing here. I'm in trouble, God. I'm a man of unclean lips. And the moment he confesses his sins, the angel is discharged to bring that coal over to him and he gives him this message. See, this has touched your lips. Two beautiful things. Your sin is atoned for and your guilt is taken away. Friends, if that's true in the book of Isaiah, how much more true is Jesus Christ's blood, death, burial, and resurrection as payment for our sins? You know what 1 John 1 9 says in the New Testament? If we confess our sins, he God is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the ways you can tell that you're religious is you will suffer from guilt your whole life. Guilt. I think guilt plays an important part in our lives because I wouldn't know what is wrong if I didn't have shame and guilt. I know, like, current culture right now, they don't like shame and guilt. And I think it's because we don't like the holiness of God. We like the love of God. But you gotta have both because if you only have a God who loves you, that's not the God of the Bible. And if you only have a God who's holy, that's not the God of the Bible. You have to live in the tension of God's love and his holiness. He loves you like crazy. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you, but he's having none of the sin. And he wants you to confess your sins just like Isaiah did. And the moment you do that, this is the crazy thing. The moment you do that, like, Lord, this thing I just said, I thought, I did, that's sin. And I confess it to you. And that moment, God says, not only do I forgive you for your sin, I take it away. Isaiah says, your sin is forgiven and your guilt is taken away. Have you ever done this? I've done this many times. I'm trying to do it less especially when I was a new Christian. God came into my life through.